Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another very special Advent edition of Ignite Radio Live. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. And gosh, it's coming. It's coming. What's it? Just Christ's Mass, Gregory. Awesome. What are the indications around the Schleter home of Christ's Mass? Well, hopefully the little uh, manger awaiting baby Jesus, life-size baby Jesus, is being filled <laughs> with cotton balls. It's looking a little a little Sparse. less fluffy. No, I'm kidding. Do just, you have to authorize that, or can they just do it on their own? That's key. You need validation of goodness. Well, a little bit of both in these days and their ages. <laughs> so those of you who have no clue what we're talking about, um, since our kids were tiny we would fill with every good deed or sacrifice or special prayer um, affirmation etc the the manger with a cotton ball as representing that hopefully with the goal of making it super duper comfy for our little baby Jesus. Tonight, we have a very special lineup of presents for Christmas content. Moments this year of uh, the first stop and the second stop filled with praise and great teaching by Father Mike Danderan. Uh, We're going to conclude with some really oldies but goodies going back 10 years. Father Rich Tui sharing an awesome homily taken from that great passage, Prepare Ye the Way of the Lord. He even sets it off as some of you may know the classic in God spell, so he sings it and gets the whole congregation to sing it. We'll actually conclude with a very delightful story from our dear friend Paul Lorai called Green Ghost. That should pique your appetite. Truthfully, he's one of the absolute best storytellers I've ever heard. He's yes. been working on a children's novel series, and honestly, what do I know? But I'd be very surprised if in the next year or two you don't, do not know the name Paul Lorai and his books are not sitting in the same level of prominence as J.K. Rowling, maybe even, you know, Tolkien and C.S. Lewis. That's saying a lot. So I bring us back to how I set this up. A snapshot in time. We've been battling this COVID thing for two years, the Wuhan virus. And at this very moment, there are a number of very dear friends and relatives who are battling that and other ailments. And so, So we just really invite you to join us right now in this very moment to pray for them, to be mindful that God wants us together, two or more are gathered, to pray for an outpouring of his Holy Spirit to fall upon them. We just renounce in the name of Jesus that sickness, any kind of sickness of heart, mind, body, and soul. And in the name of Jesus, we command healing. So if you're near somebody, put your hand on them who are sick. Have confidence as a baptized son or daughter of God in Jesus Christ. He wants us to call upon his name, not by virtue of our great holiness or anything that we've done, but just by saying yes to him. He wants to manifest his presence and power of healing for the ultimate healing of what? To have conviction of heart and mind that he's with us. So do that. Pray over those who are sick and with us right now, over those who are in your heart and mind. Name them, mention them, ask for God's healing power to be upon them. And uh, Stefan, I don't know if you have anything to add before we go into this um, week's program. We just encourage you to enjoy every moment with family this rest of Advent season and certainly into Christmas. What a gift, what a gift. True presence for Christmas, right? Just there's nothing that surpasses that gift of being. Just that little bit of leaning into it can really make a world of difference uh, 
really reaching into eternity. Um, and a great way to get that going sometimes is to use the Livet Gathering Guide along with some other resources at ilovemyfamily.us. Try it out, check it out, use it, be blessed by it. And also at ilovemyfamily.us, there is a partner button um, that we just really ask you to pray into supporting us and partnering with us in this ministry to build up marriages and families and ultimately the church and parishes in the world. With no further ado, we begin this week's very uplifting, moving, and uh, amusing and endearing episode of Ignite Read Alive. Good evening, everybody. How are you all tonight? A formidable group summoned here. Um, I want to begin by asking a question for this very first stop of a four-week journey, Presents for Christmas. This is the first of three consecutive weeks, and we're going to be guided by the first three joyful mysteries. So the first one, of course, is the Annunciation, and the next week is going to be Visitation. Mary goes to her cousin Elizabeth, and then the third week, of course, is Nativity. Um, Anyways, I want to begin by asking the question, how many of you have ever desired a material thing so much that you prayed for it. Any of you wanna be bold enough to share with me what that material thing might have been going back to your days of your days of youth? Jeff, did you have something in mind? First thing that comes to mind is a 10-speed bicycle. God. God, well, you know, that's great. And actually, it's a nice tie-in from father and daughter. So for me, when I was seven years old, which is many, 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 many centuries ago, um, I prayed for something called a banana bike. And now I don't know if you know what those are, but they're like these cool bikes in the old days when you had like a big seat that looked like a banana, and they called them banana bikes. And in the Schleter home, we grew up in Wisconsin, because I'm one of six boys, we all had to share a few bikes. And so when I saw a friend who had a banana bike, I thought it was so cool. And when I was in church, I heard the pastor proclaim the gospel that said, ask anything in my name and I will grant it. And like a child, when I heard father say that, and of course I wanted this banana bike really bad, I would squint my eyes real tight and I'd fold my hands when I went to bed and dear God, please give me a banana bike. I'm gonna go downstairs tomorrow. I'm gonna look in the garage and I trust you so much that you're gonna give me a banana bike. I was so excited when I woke the next morning. Nobody else knew that I'd prayed for this. But I ran downstairs and I opened the garage door and I looked, not that it took me a lot of time, but I was so disappointed that I could not find my banana bike there. So you know what I did? That night I prayed again. God, I know you just want me to persevere, so I prayed for my heart, squinted my eyes together. Dear God, I know that if I ask anything in your name, you'll grant it. Went downstairs the next day. Do you think the banana bike was there? No, it was not. Well, this is how that played out. Two months later, I was able to participate in this awesome thing called First Holy Communion. Have you heard of that? So we were prepared to receive the body and blood of Jesus. Of course, for 2,000 years, this is what we Christians believe, right? That we literally get to receive the body of Jesus. And as you know, often you can celebrate that and you get gifts. So I did find out that I got to receive Jesus and I got to get the banana bike. And this is the cool thing. Do you think the banana bike still exists? Do you think I still have it? 
It's material and it's gone. I haven't had it in centuries because I'm that old. But I do get to receive Jesus all the time. And I remember as a second grader thinking, this is such an amazing gift that I get to have. So three points for tonight. One is it took time from my prayer, from my desire. It took time before God answered the prayer, right? And sometimes God allows delays to increase our desire. So that's number one. Number two was that God provided it, not directly, but through my parents, through people who loved me. My parents bought this bike for me, thinking it'd be a great gift for my first Holy Communion. And thirdly, is that the greatest gift wasn't the bike, but it was the gift of being able to receive Jesus, right? To be able to receive him, body, blood, soul, and divinity. On my second communion, I can tell you on that day that something changed in my heart, that when I partook of Jesus, I can honestly tell you I was more excited about Jesus than I was my banana bike. Now, let's go to Mary, our blessed mother, in this first joyful mystery. First of all, I said was the waiting, right? God increases desire. So after Adam and Eve fell, a good question is, why didn't God just come on the scene in Jesus and save us? Wouldn't that have saved a whole lot of trouble with the Jews fighting with the truth and the laws and being exiled and all this stuff? Thousands of years, right? Why didn't God just do it right away? For the same reason I didn't get my banana bike right away. He increased desire. So for long, many centuries, people awaited a Messiah to come, and the Blessed Mother was waiting for the Messiah to come. Number two, God could speak to us directly, and he does in our hearts, but usually it's through other people, right? And so God came to us through the Blessed Mother. She said yes to God. And by her yes, this great Saint Augustine said that Mary conceived Jesus in her heart before she had Jesus in her womb. And then thirdly, the greatest gift is Jesus. Mary gives us Jesus. So tonight, as we're in a moment gonna have a family lead, just 10 Hail Marys for the first joyful mystery. Tonight, let's consider the question, what is God asking of us? What gift does he wanna give us? Because that deepest desire, at the heart of everything, of any gift that you'd want for Christmas, in every relationship, of any thing in this world, the deepest desire God made is for him. That's the gift he wants to give. And so let's pray, Lord, what gift do you wanna give me tonight? And may my heart be open to receiving it. Because in a few moments, we're gonna have Jesus in our very presence, and he's gonna give us the opportunity to surrender lesser things. We have confession tonight, by the way, and you can keep that moving. You're not rude at any time. If I'm speaking or whatever, please feel free to partake of that to get rid of lesser things that we can have Jesus alive in our hearts again. You're listening to a very special episode of Ignite Radio Live, Presents for Christmas Through the Years. Please join us in this great adventure at ilovemyfamily.us. We do ask for your partnership. Click on that partnership tab. God bless you. We've talked probably ad nauseum about COVID and um, the beautiful, though graceful experience of our own uh, bout with it, with Greg being so sick in that journey that it was for us. And I, I don't ever want to lose the gratitude and the um, very real experience of community on the journey with us 
the people that prayed, the people that helped medically, the people that um, just surrounded us with so much. In particular, two things stand out to me in tonight's theme. One was an uh, order of sisters that we're very close with and over um, in Europe, and they also have a mother house in the Holy Land. And when stuff wasn't looking very good for Greg and he continued to decline, one of our friends who was over in Austria at the time um, called the sisters in the Holy Land and they made haste to the place of Gethsemane, to the garden, to the place where Jesus suffered prior to his crucifixion. And then they went to the crucifixion hill and prayed for Greg. And what a gift that was and what a grace. And then on a more humorous note, um, another dear friend from Erie, Pennsylvania, who had heard what was going on, that Greg had been a very impactful person in his conversion. He drove at night, showed up on our doorstep at nine o'clock with some, um, we'll just say some certain drugs <laughs> that would be helpful to him if we could get them to him. And so when he rang the doorbell at nine o'clock at night after driving four hours, who came in haste when he knew there was a need, I answered the door and he said, well, this isn't quite how I used to deliver them. <laughs> um, and so again, just that gesture of charity and goodness of community, of journeying with, of responding to. And so tonight, I just ask you that we unite all of our journeys with the journey of Our Lady. No matter what we're going through, no matter what lies ahead, no matter what we need to lean into, that we do it as a community in faith, that we do it with Mary as our mother, that we become blessers, we who've been blessed to bless others, that we respond with great joy and praise. When Mary came to see Elizabeth, the baby John the Baptist leapt in her womb. Like that is awesome that she, Mary, became the first evangelist disciple, that John responded first, that Elizabeth gave us the, the Hail Mary, the second part of the Hail Mary, that Mary prayed the Magnificat. My being proclaims the greatness of the Lord, that she pointed it all back to the source. And too often when we hear that in scripture or when we pray it perhaps in the divine office, you know, I think we it's this very, you know, reverence, beautiful, solemn prayer. But I just picture like them hugging and dancing and embracing and touching each other's bellies and just the beauty in that. And that is the response of grace. That is community. That is journeying together to be present to one another in that. And so tonight, um, hopefully you each got two candles. So one is for yourself to represent you and what you want to bring to the Lord to lay it all down. And the other we ask you to pray for a moment to see who the Lord places on your heart. 
and to bring up that candle as a representation of somebody or a situation that you would like special prayers for. And so we begin as we would love to these last weeks um, with turning to Our Lady and we have the wonderful, adorable <laughs> Elmar family here to lead us in a decade of the rosary. So you can sit, you can kneel, um, but let us begin turning to Our Lady, the greatest disciple, the most beautiful mother, the one who brings us to Christ as we await Christ coming to us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Rejoice, rejoice. 
shall come to thee, O Israel. In the season of Advent, our hearts long for the coming of a Savior who once again can continue to stir us to deeper conversion, to stir us to deeper union with Him. These weeks of Advent call us to a moment once again we claim him as Lord of our lives and in that acclamation our lives are different because of him may this night of adoration and prayer be once more another moment to make the reality of Christ in our lives a true difference that tomorrow will see in us the Christ that we have worshipped this evening. We ask this in your most holy name, for you live and reign forever and ever. and glory, Jesus. You just stir our hearts to clear away the clouds and the debris and see you gazing upon us with such profound love that illuminates every part of us. You see the sin and yet you embrace us, Lord, and draw us back to yourself, to an intimacy that surpasses any sin. We just declare that tonight, Lord, that you offer us an intimacy that surpasses every sin. Before the gospel is proclaimed to us, we take a few short moments and just receive hearing your voice in the depths of our hearts, hearing you say how deeply and truly and fully and passionately I love you. During those days, Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to the town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant in Elizabeth's womb leapt. And Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed are you who believe that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, 
My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked upon the handmaid of his loneliness. Behold, and from now on, all ages will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is from age to age and to those who fear him. He has shown the might of his arm, dispersed the arrogant of the mind and heart. He has thrown down the rulers from the thrones, but lifted up the lowly, and the hungry is filled with good things. The rich he has sent away empty. He has come to help Israel, his servant, remembering his mercy, according to his promise to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary remained with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Amen. to you, Lord. I teach our eighth grade confirmation class and we do a video from Ascension Press and they feature Mr. B. Mr. B. Mr. B is from New Orleans. And Mr. B is confined to a wheelchair. And Mr. B has had hardship after hardship after hardship in his life. But when I ever asked, Mr. B, how you doing? His response over his many years was, I am blessed. Mm. I am blessed. The students and I are a bit shocked by that because if you look at his life, at least the facts revealed to us in the video, his life is anything but blessed. Confined to a wheelchair, suffering financial hardship, financially division within his family. His life is anything but blessed, it seems. But for Mr. B, his life is blessed. Because Mr. B reminds each of us that there can exist burden and blessing at the same time. One doesn't negate the other. We live that paradox of our lives each and every day, don't we? Our life is a blessing in the midst of the burdens that we carry. That's just how it is. And it's a determination on our part what we choose to focus on. Do we focus on the burden? Do we focus on the blessing? In the Gospel passage today, we have the Blessed Mother Mary giving us an example of what it is to focus on blessing. So the Blessed Mother Mary has just received word that she herself has given her life to the Lord and for, for that reason her life is forever changed. Uh, the path that she thought she had ahead of her is now radically transformed. She will bear in her womb the eternal God. She will bear the eternal God and be mother of God. And her life is now not her own. And she doesn't know the path that's ahead of her. At that very moment, it certainly would be reason to pause and reflect and turn inward. But at that very moment, she heard that her cousin Elizabeth, who was older than expected, was with child. And she knew that Elizabeth would need assistance. So Mary, in charity, set out in haste, the scriptures tell us, to Elizabeth. She probably set out with Joseph. She traveled across the country to Judah, 
It wasn't an easy journey, for sure. Her life on that journey probably experienced burden and hardship. And her course was unknown to her. And yet, when she came into the presence of Elizabeth, all she knew was blessing. All she knew was blessing. And so when Elizabeth recognized that she carries within her the eternal God, Elizabeth knew it, her filled with the Holy Spirit, she knew she was in the presence of the Word made flesh in the womb of Mary. And Mary's response was, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. Mary was filled with gratitude and praise and worship. And she gives to us a model of what it is to allow blessing to triumph over burden. A blessing triumph over burden. We heard we sang that in the song, didn't we? When our afflictions are ellipsed by glory. The last song we sang, it's a beautiful expression. Our afflictions are ellipsed by glory. Whatever burden Mary carried, and she would carry greater burdens in the 33 years that her son would walk this earth. Burdens that many of our mothers know, and burdens even greater than many of our mothers know. She will carry those burdens. She will carry those afflictions. But she will know the glory of being loved. And therefore, she will focus on blessing more than burden. See, if we focus on the glory of being loved, of having that union with the Lord, whatever burden and affliction comes to us, it's manageable. And it doesn't take away our joy for our blessing triumphs. On this glorious day, in the, during the season of Advent, let's recognize the blessings that come to us in the incarnate Savior. The incarnate Savior, certainly in the womb of Mary, but the same Christ present in the Blessed Sacrament is here for us to remind us that He is the glory that ellipses our reflections. In a moment, we'll bring our Eucharistic Lord down here to the center aisle, and you'll be welcome to approach him, okay? The glory, God, the glory of the love of the Lord given to us in this most holy Eucharist to eclipse the burdens and the afflictions we bear in this life. You're listening to a very special episode of Ignite Radio Live, Presents for Christmas Through the Years. Please join us in this great adventure at ilovemyfamily.us. We do ask for your partnership. Click on that partnership tab. God bless you. All who are thirsty Dip your heart in the stream of light Let the pain and the sorrow Be washed away In the waves of His mercy As deep cries out to deep We sing come Lord Oh
your feet, drink from the cup in your hands, lay back against you and breathe, feel your heart beat. This love is so deep, it's more than I can stand. I melt in your peace, it's Jesus, you are a God of miracles. Two months ago, I was lying in an emergency room and I couldn't breathe without the help of machines. And I'm not the best singer, Lord, but I give you what I've got. And each of us tonight, Lord Jesus, come to you with what we've got. Hearts made to give you worship, minds made to give you worship, lives made to give you worship. Worship in our sports, worship in our business, worship in our academics. The word worship, Lord, you tell us means to give worth. We acknowledge you are worthy, you are over all. You fashioned us for yourself and you made us for you and our hearts will not rest until they rest in you, until we worship you, until the rhythm of our hearts, those deep things, Lord God, are ordered towards you completely. We desire this, God. We desire pure, undefiled, holy, focused hearts on you. Before we receive the great blessing, Lord, just one more song, one more song, just singing how great you are. What a great God you are. Yeah. 
You're listening to a very special episode of Ignite Radio Live, Presents for Christmas Through the Years. Please join us in this great adventure at ilovemyfamily.us. We do ask for your partnership. Click on that partnership tab. God bless you. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Sing with me one more time. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Not too bad. Good job. And the reason I did that so that song can haunt you for the rest of Advent, okay? But that's the song of Godspell. Have you seen it before? It's the song of John the Baptist. And that's the song I really challenge us to be singing in this journey to the heart of Christmas. Sing that with John the Baptist. Keep that song going in your hearts every day, especially when you hear all the Christmas songs, right? If you hear, you know, Rudolph the Red, pre, you know, Jingle the pre, Frosty the pre, I want you to keep going after it. But let every one of those reminders be that call to say, okay, Lord, help me prepare the way. And the thing we heard in that, the dramatic reading at the beginning of our session today, and, and Greg alluded to in several of the prayers, you know, this reality of the, the good news of the gospel that we heard today. That's the opening of Mark's gospel we heard today. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The gospel word means good news. Imagine the history of Israel, waiting for a Messiah in darkness, prophets trying to hold out hope, you know, oppression, one empire after the other, desolation, you know, destruction, almost losing identity of a complete country, all of this, you know, the struggle of the Old Testament. And then the first Christmas night, the message of the angel the song of the angels that greet the Messiah, the Son of God, the Word made flesh that first Christmas night. How do we respond to that good news? You ever see that commercial direct TV when they're going through the estate and the, uh, the mistress gets like the whole estate, right? And then the son gets direct TV. Do you remember that? And he sits there for a moment. You don't know how he's going to react. And he's like... Woohoo! You know, and he, he goes nuts. Maybe that was a little misguided, okay? But that's the thing. We have something so much more than that. 
the truth of Christmas. That's the good news. And so the challenge we have in the church said, hey, every year we want to make sure we go back to our heritage, our history, and remember the darkness. Remember a world without the incredible gift that we have in Jesus Christ. Remember the joy and the true exhilaration of that first Christmas night. And so what is John the Baptist tells us? Well, we got to prepare the way then. We got to prepare the way. We have to do the work. And certainly a big, a big part of the work is, you know, preparing to receive our Lord Jesus into the, you know, the temple of, of our being once again. Even though we can do it every day and, you know, every Sunday certainly in a special way in the, in the Eucharist, but to allow that exhilaration of that first Christmas to renew us and our appreciation for that gift of Jesus Christ that we can be tempted to take for granted. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. And together we respond, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Lord, I'm not worthy to have you under my roof. And hopefully you remember the scriptural reference there. This is more faithful to the Latin. It's reminding us of that incredible story of the Roman centurion with Jesus when he says, hey, Lord, you know, I'm a Roman. I, I don't even, I'm not Jewish, but I know that you have great power. I know that you have done great things. And Lord, would you, I humble myself before you and ask you to heal my servant at home. And you remember Jesus says, well, take me to your servant. And then that's the words we hear. Lord, I'm not worthy to have you under my roof. Only say the word, my servant shall be healed. What an incredible act of faith of that Roman centurion. Because of that faith, the servant is healed. He wasn't even Jewish. He wasn't even, you know, knowing the story of waiting the Messiah, but he knew there was something special there in Jesus Christ. So the idea we have is preparing our spiritual homes, the dwelling place of our heart and our soul for our Lord Jesus Christ. How do we do in doing that? What I like to call when you're getting ready to host is that the clutter shift. Do you guys know the clutter shift technique? Are you guys, okay. So the, some groups just come into the dining room and they, you might just move the clutter into the sitting room, right? Because that's my own sitting room and so the mess goes there. You clean people, you wouldn't appreciate this, okay? So. Just us messy people, okay? Um, but remember, Jesus said, I came to save, you know, not the clean, but the messy. Isn't that what he said? Something like that. It was similar words to that. But anyway, so then you move the clutter from, but then it's, hey, you might know these people a little more. They might come into the sitting room. So then you move the stuff into the bedroom, right? And then the clutter's in the bedroom. And now, oh boy, these might, family and stuff, they might actually want to come to the bedroom. Closet, let's go to the closet, right? But right isn't that sometimes what we do? And we do, and, and I think spiritually we go through that as well. And you know, the challenge we have is saying, do we realize Jesus is, is the most intimate guest? He wants to be as more intimate and close to us than, than anyone else. You know, and so he you know, asks us to invite him into every room, even the closet, to hide nothing, to hold nothing back. To not think that any sin or any struggle, it, it makes us not able to really reveal ourselves to God, to really bear our soul. 
He asks us tonight, he asks us this Advent, I want to enter in under your roof, but I want it all. I want every room. Don't hide the clutter from me. I want to take it from you. I want to help you with it. I want to heal you of it. I want to relieve you of it. So the challenge tonight I have in this week is really to let our Lord Jesus Christ clean, make, make our, our house worthy, everything that we are, to receive him. That's the work of Advent, to prepare, to let him cleanse, forgive, heal. That's what John the Baptist, that's why his baptism was only about forgiveness. Jesus couldn't send and give the gift of, of baptism of the Spirit if the, if the work of the forgiveness and the healing and letting God have all the junk and the stuff that holds us back from him if John the Baptist wasn't faithful to that. So I really ask that this week, if we can think about that, pray about that, as we're singing prepare the way of the Lord and whatever times you want to do that, to think about asking God to cleanse us, forgive us, the best way we can do that is go to confession. That's why during Advent as well as Lent, the church always has communal penance services, invites us to experience the incredible healing, forgiving mercy of God in that great sacrament, to let him cleanse our house, the dwelling place of our soul, so that nothing can get in the way of us and him. Embrace the spirit of Advent. Prepare. This week, really focus on asking for forgiveness. Really focus on the things that are holding you back and give them to Christ. And by being faithful to that spirit of Advent, that work of Advent, I truly believe we will draw closer to entering into the heart, the true meaning of Christmas this year. You're listening to a very special episode of Ignite Radio Live, Presents for Christmas Through the Years. Please join us in this great adventure at ilovemyfamily.us. We do ask for your partnership. Click on that partnership tab. God bless you. When I was 10 years old, in fourth grade, over here at St. George School, um, I didn't have a lot to brag about. The other kids in my class, well, they had things to brag about. I, Remember, some of the kids had Batman lunchboxes and walkie-talkies, bicycles, and they would tell about all the shows they watched on TV. Not me. All I had to brag about was seven brothers, two sisters on back order, and um, nobody really brags about their brothers, you know, but brothers are kind of a mixed bag. Uh, they're good for a joke, and a laugh, and a punch, and a headlock. And just about the time they got you wrapped in a headlock and are grinding your forehead into the shag rug on the den floor, you're thinking, I don't know if it's so great to have all these brothers. But you know, it was a good life, I suppose. I never wore hand-me-downs. 
I wore third me-downs and fourth me-downs. I always got to carry my lunch to school, and I knew it was going to be one of three things. Tuna fish, peanut butter and jelly, or bologna. I remember seeing my mother at the butcher one day, and she said, Mrs. Laura, how would you like it sliced? She says, thin. You slice a piece. She goes, how's that? She'd say, thinner. Slice it again. Hold it up. How's that? She'd hold her fingers up. She could see her fingers through the bologna on the other side. She goes, that's good, Mickey. I'll take a pound. You know, we, um, we got to drink pop twice a year, Christmas and Fourth of July when we had a party. We got to eat out at a restaurant once a year, McDonald's, 10-cent burger night. My dad would pack us up in the Chrysler town and country wagon. We'd pile in. He'd throw down three bucks on the counter. I'd see the manager's face blanch, and he'd order 30 burgers, and he'd say, that's just a start. <laughs> you know, um, Christmas was coming that year, and, and I was really looking forward to it. Uh, you know, all the other kids, every year after Christmas at school, they'd brag about what they got. And, and brag about their, you know, get a double-wide Batman lunchbox. And uh, remember this one kid got a, this, this dragon that kind of motored along the ground and shot these red balls, and his eyes glowed red with fire. And I thought, wow. And another kid, I know he got a trip to Florida, and another kid got a bicycle. And, and the kids would ask me sooner or later, well, what'd you get? And I'd say, well, uh, I got socks and a um, coloring book and uh, a roll-up sled. They go, oh, well, that's nice. And, um, but this year, this year I knew what I wanted. I'd seen an ad on TV, and it was an ad for a game, and the game was called Green Ghost. It was a board game. It wasn't any board game. It was a board game that you played in the dark and it had an elevated board and little holes around the board game table. And as you move the players around, the little ghost players would fall down through the holes and be lost forever. And I thought, wow, if I had green ghost, what that would be like. My mom asked me what I wanted for Christmas and I always knew that I was, didn't have it figured out. What, there was some sort of alliance between mom and Santa, but I hadn't figured it out yet. And she said, what'd you want? I said, I, I want Green Ghost. So we took out the Sears catalog. If you remember, the Sears catalog is about this thick and had every toy possible. And we opened the page, and there is Green Ghost. And she looked at it. You know, most board games were $5. The expensive ones were 10 Green Ghost was 12 My mom said, we'll see. <laughs> well, we'll see meant, you know, don't bet on it, buster. So Santa, it seems like the Lorais was always on a budget. So, but that didn't stop me from dreaming about Green Ghost. And I just thought about playing that game and I thought, gosh, that'd be so much fun. And I could go into school right when after Christmas break and I could brag to all, what'd you get for Christmas? Well, I got Green Ghost. And I thought, you know, my brothers, we play Green Ghost, we wouldn't be fighting anymore, it'd just be fun be happy. I would just lift me up and out of the world, and life would be so grand. Well, you know, Christmas came around, and our family uh, went to Midnight Mass. And I remember coming into 
midnight mass before Christmas and we came in the back door and the entire church on this side was filled. All the seats behind the pillars, the seats along the sides of the walls. We made our way around the side of the church and we came over here to the Peach Street side filled, completely filled. We made our way all the way around the church and we looked and the choir section was filled. All that was left was a few chairs over here by the crucifix and the crash. Jesus' beginning and end of his, in his earthly life. And we sat down there and you get to see your parish in a whole different way. And I see all the people with their long coats and their jackets and ties and the ladies dressed up so nice and the incest, incense and the poinsettias and the beautiful candles. And there's something really magnificent about midnight mass and the darkness and the, the, the stained glass is so dark. And, but you know what? I gotta tell you, what I was thinking about was I couldn't wait for Christmas to come. So I was just devising ways in my head to speed the mass up. I thought, you know, they could sing a few less verses of that song, and maybe they could cut out a couple of those readings, and Father could shorten up the homily a little bit. And then I was thinking, you know, the big thing I thought, you know, if you really wanted to save time at Mass, you could really speed up communion. And there was this one little toy shooter that they, they used to sell years ago that shot these little plastic discs about the size of a quarter. And I thought, you know, if Father would just fill that little shooter with the communion wafers and say, body of Christ, and everybody said amen and held their mouth over and go, bing, 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 bing. But I didn't share that with anybody at the time. So we went home, couldn't sleep. Christmas morning, I got up. And you know, when you get up Christmas morning and you come down to the tree, and there's all those beautiful lights around the tree and you see the snow outside and it's still dark and you smell the, the beautiful smell of fresh cut pine tree and the presents are there and you look at them and it's that magical moment of Christmas which is the most magical moment of all because those presents can be anything that you want them to be. And I remember that moment and all us boys waiting there until my parents gave us a sign. And I, they, I don't know whether they, they, they shot a shotgun off or something, but all of us just, they said, go. And we descended on those presents and ripped them open like jackals on a fresh antelope. And there was paper and wrappings and ribbons just flying. And when the, desk, when the dust finally settled, I got a pair of socks, a coloring book, a pair of underwear, a rolled up sled and a GAF Viewmaster. Had a pretty good story with a dinosaur chasing a guy. But um, I didn't get Green Ghost. But I'd been disappointed before and I looked around and I looked at what some of my brothers got. And, well, uh, one of them got uh, the game operation, somebody else got Lincoln Logs, another one got a boomerang. and. Somebody else got um, an erector set, and so I could sort of, you know, enjoy what they were got, and just, you know, one more a little bit disappointing. I didn't have anything to brag about that year. So, um, but I thought, you know, there is a consolation in Christmas. There's a lot of great cookies, and, and I could drown my sorrows in some cherry pop. So, um, you know, with a big family, 
you've got a lot of kids, and so there's a lot of godparents. And so with the godparents, um, one year we would go over to our godparents' house, and the next year at Christmas season, they would come to our house. Well, the nieces were my godparents, and the nieces came over that year, and um, a couple days after Christmas, wasn't thinking anything about it, and uh, my godparents pop in the door, and then one of the niece kid pops in the door and puts a present in my hand. And I look at the present, and I thought, oh my gosh, it's the right size. It's the right weight. And I'd shake it, and it had the right sound. But you know, it's a danger about opening something, because then it becomes what it really is. But I'm looking at it, and I'm just hoping, Please, God, green ghost. And I tore open the wrapper bit by bit, bit by bit, and I saw the green and black letters. It was green ghost, green ghost. And I went tearing around the house 13 times, just screaming, green ghost. It was beside myself. I couldn't be happier. Look at this. And I figured everybody would want to play. And the adults were so busy doing what they wanted to do. And my older brothers were busy with their presents. And finally, I corralled a couple of my younger brothers and one of the niece kids to come in the den. I say, let's play Green Ghost. This is going to be so cool. So I turn off the lights in the den. But of course, it's the middle of the day. And there's windows in the den. So the whole glow-in-the-dark thing didn't work, besides not having all the ghosts charged up as it was. But we did manage to get the elevated uh, board set up. And um, I, I was so anxious, I didn't read the directions. So I'm trying to figure this out. And uh, there was kind of a lull in the action. And I remember uh, one of my brothers goes, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I got to go. And he just took off. And then my next brother took off. And then it was just me staring at one of the niece kids, looking at each other and thinking, this ain't going to work. So I said, well, I, I think we'll just have to play another time. So I, I packed up my game, put it under the bed, and I was a sense of disappointment. I just thought, you know, the players were smaller than I expected, and it just, once you really had it, it just really wasn't as fun as I was sure it was going to be. And I, I felt kind of, kind of hollowed out. And I thought, oh. I don't have anything to brag about to the kids back at school. I mean, the, the only thing that I have to brag about is seven brothers, two sisters on back order, a mother and father that love me, godparents that were very generous, and a little child in a little manger, a long time ago, who proved that for Christmas, it's not what you get, but what you give. You're listening to a very special episode of Ignite Radio Live, Presents for Christmas Through the Years. Please join us in this great adventure at ilovemyfamily.us. We do ask for your partnership. Click on that partnership tab. God bless you. God bless you.